There are over 1,000 UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. government has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies these as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us as Mac, Juan Juan, and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases. UFO incidents that even baffle the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Welcome everyone to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. But let me introduce you to the members of the Poussey. As the kids say the in Paris, you know what it is. You don't speak French then? <laughs> no. uh, anyway, uh, girls, uh, time to sit down uh, and get your Kleenex and, uh, you know, a mister. Uh, by the way, I got a CD the other day for you, and it's by Mr. Mister. Oh, I love Someone that. Said, yeah, they sent it in. Broken Wing. We're saying mister all the time. Mr. Mister. Yep. Kyrie. Kyrie and Broken Wing, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so um, he's here, girls, the very famous one. one. Hello, everybody. Hello, girls. Uh, Got your mister ready? Got your mister ready. You're Mr. Mister. Uh, also on the phone with us, calling in our national correspondent, calling in from the Bowl of Flakes up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, uh, Switchblade Steve Ward. And it's great to be here, gentlemen. Okay. So, Are you stretch limo right now? Are you in your limo? Pulled over the side of the road and stretched? Uh, I have a I'm kind of far away from being in a limo right now. All right. Okay. That's good. Be humble. Stay humble. Um, all right. What You're a man America, of the people. What America uh, wants to know is uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, I took an excursion this weekend. And on the way back, I hit – there's a, a town south of the Battle Creek area named Coldwater. They have this nice little mom-and-pop bakery down there. Mm. So I stopped <clears throat> and I got some donuts. Oh, yeah. And I, I saved a couple uh, for this morning. Wow. So you had donuts for breakfast? I did. Wow. What a man. Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Donuts. Wow. Man, I, I, I can't <laughs> tell you the last time I had donuts for breakfast. Oh, I used to have donuts I, all the time. Me too. I buy, <laughs> but I just you know, can't remember. <laughs> the combo, number two combo, medium coffee, two donuts, and they were cream donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. I used to work on a uh, construction crew for the city of Boston, and then that was – that was that was breakfast yeah, for everybody. Right, yeah, coffee and like two donuts. Yeah. You know? mm. wow, they were good. What kind of donuts were they, Switchy? Uh, let's see, a, a chocolate frosted raised, oh. a uh, marble frosted raised, and a uh, uh, maple frosted raised. Okay, that sounds more like three than two, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, a couple, few. What's the difference? Yeah, right. You ain't kidding. Um, a, a hat good, trick for breakfast. A good donuts. donut is good, you know. I, I will never. It, it, these are actually a little smaller than that. It's oh. a, a little mom and pop place. Okay, a little smaller than your average donut, so right. I, you feel like you can have a third one. Well, you know, it, it, it's it, you know they'll never be a sponsor, but those Dunkin' Donuts we've talked about them on the air a lot. Okay, they used to be the best donut. They used ever, to be great, ever. You know, and now they're terrible. Now I'm sorry, 
You know, yeah, I'm that's not, right. You're absolutely you know, right. They used to be good. They used to be good, but now they just you can tell they're processed, that they're yeah. mass made. Right. They they sell like ten donuts now. They used to sell like eighty donuts, you know. And now they're into it, it's not they changed the name. It's just called Dunkin' now. Right. Because they sell sandwiches and stuff. And I can understand. And they don't even right? know what a Dunkin' Donut is. Yeah. Right. Right. They the, even, the incredible shrinking donut. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I love donuts anyway. Donut with the handle on it, so you get Dunkin' in your mug of right. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they had counter service and all those. Dunkin yeah. Right. Donuts. Forget about it, man. Long Van Stonage. Anyway, uh, Coco will be calling in. Uh, he has uh, said he was going to. He had some exciting news. Uh, did he email you? Did he text you with his uh, email? Weird, his weird stuff? Yeah, I didn't check N- out the no, weird with his new No, with his new job offer? No. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe on the year, maybe off the year, but it's exciting. Um, we are going to be, um, we have uh, 10 questions for one one tonight. Okay. Coming up. They better be good. Were you here last week? Yep. Okay, but we didn't have 10 questions. Now right. you're here. We're going to do it. Okay, excellent. And um, we're also going to be talking. We're scheduled to talk to someone later on the show um, who is a representative, a representative of the Gold Star Ride Foundation. And what these people do, they're all volunteers, mm-hmm. and they visit and they help out the families of uh, people who have lost you know, sons or daughters in combat right. you know, in Afghanistan yeah. or Iraq or whatever. You know, It's good work. It's good work. It's noble work. Let's see you know, how it's going with them. Uh, the Gold Star Foundation, Gold Star Ride Foundation, and, uh, and then a, a whole lot of other stuff. One, one. Surprises, okay? We're making it up as we go along. Right. That's the surprise. Anyway, uh, so Switchy, oh, I was just going to, uh, I have a couple things to uh, talk about. And I know the, Steve and I talked about this off here. We are in the Boston area where we do the show. Right. Uh, close by, well, mm-hmm. there's there's a market, there's a chain, a supermarket chain around here called Market Basket. Correct. Look, they're kind of famous because three or four years ago, um, there was a struggle in the family who was mm. going to own it, mm-hmm. and people actually boycotted Market That's Basket right. on the request of the people trying to retain there control. There was picketing and boycotting and everything. And no one went. No one went because they supported the guy who owned it. I mean, yeah. who, when, when do you, How it's cool like, is that? It's like the guy who owns Verizon getting <laughs> But they did, because, and they're a good store and so on. You but know, Market Basket was always a local company. Right. Uh, it was DeMoulis when it started in Lowell. Right. Yeah, right. And it was a family squabble. Yeah. Who was the DeMoulis family. And, and even even the guy who runs it, he, he would, you know, they, they would follow him. And he would go, he talked to the assistant meat cutter and, you know, know the kid what college the guy's right. kid was in. Yeah. You know, I mean, he really was touchy-feely, good guy. And once it was over, he won. Once it was over, you never heard from him again. He really laid low. He didn't write a book. He wasn't on Oprah, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that tells you he was very legitimate. Anyway. <laughs> he was. Close to where we are doing the show right now, um, Wilmington. The Wilmington Market Basket, just over the past week, people have been spotting a ghost in the mm. aisles there. Okay, a ghost who shopping or just hanging just out? Just hang, uh, no shopping. With, yeah. no, 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 just hanging out. I'm yeah. sorry, looking at stuff. Okay, uh, and dressed in uh, 19th century. Not garb. pushing a basket, just walking. Not through. pushing a basket. No, no, just kind of there. Um, and what happens? A woman. Is a woman. And Did she have a parasol? She, no, no. She looks like she looks like she's shopping. I think yep. is what people say. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, uh, you know, in every story it goes like this. Um, any time of day, I was in the aisle by myself, and I looked up, and I saw this woman, and she's kind of dressed weird, you mm-hmm. know? And then, you know, I looked away, she was gone. And, like, three or four people have said this mm-hmm. just in the past two weeks. So uh, I'm sure they have security cameras and stuff like that. Okay, but it's exciting that, you know, uh, it's yeah, but so security close, cameras close. wouldn't pick pick that up, pick those up apparitions. Yeah, no. You don't think so? They don't, no. Okay. Sometimes they don't. You see them really? missed or something? Yeah. 
you know, don't you watch TV, man? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I'm saying that we should do the show yeah. from there. What do you think? Do the show yeah. from the haunted market. Right. Well, let's put it on the agenda for next week's meeting. Let's do it. Let's call him up. We'll have a little table. Yeah, a little table. Right. Right. right with, yep. And and they're the kind of supermarket, and this is how everyone does it. But when you walk in the door, and they are really a friendly supermarket. I never have it's any true. complaints. We've shopped at them for years. All the associates are stocking shelves and doing yeah. stuff. Say hi to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. When you walk in the door, they got every piece of junk food you can possibly yeah, I want. I know, on these so tables. Cakes and cupcakes and donuts. And it looks oh, like a high school bake sale. Yeah, right. It's always okay <laughs> they have in a bake sale. Oh, man, man, did they get you. Uh, hey, that's just the market. Yeah, uh, I, I go for the big Kit Kat candy bars. It's huge, and, and right. you know, Easter's coming, so you got in the right the, there. the peeps, the marshmallow peeps. Easter's everywhere. about five weeks away, pal. <laughs> put it in your refrigerator. So anyway, yeah, the, the haunted. Market I used to get the most awesome Easter basket for my parents. Of course, really. When I was the only nephew, the only kid oh, of, yeah. of the, the Italian family's offspring. So you got the. Uh, you I got, got everything. I was it the only, rained on you. The only one for, like for eight years. I used to get like multiple Easter baskets. My uh-huh. parents, my aunts and uncles. Wow. The okay. big eggs with the see through scene, you know, like uh, eggs yeah. like this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, plenty of candy. And, and you ate it all. I'm and sure. the solid chocolate bunnies. Oh. No, none of the hollow ones. Great name for band. Solid, solid chocolate bunnies. bunnies. <laughs> well, one, one. Thanks for that little stroll down memory. Just line. a little piece of my life again, you know. Yeah. All right. Put it all together, make this collage of. What Wan's life really was, especially when he was a kid growing up in Charlestown. Well, you know, I had eleven brothers and sisters. We used to cut up the Milky Way. That was our <laughs> You cut it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, and you lived in a shoebox in the middle of the street, right? Some of us did. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So um, so let's get down there. We're gonna get, we're gonna take a uh, a road trip down there, Lower Sinai. And she's all for it. It's a market basket. The market basket Excellent. in Wilmington. And, you know, we'll just kind of wander around, see what happens. Okay. Know? Okay. And charge it off to the show, the gas, the lunch. Is everything. it a particular time of day or All, or all times early of day. All, time, mm. all times mm. of day. And, and, the, and the weird thing is uh, the apparition is supposed to be wearing Victorian clothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And it, like I'm, I'm thinking like uh, end of the 1800s, that mm-hmm. kind of clothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So maybe you guys want to, you know, dress the period part. Maybe you'll you'll track her more more uh, likely. Uh, if you're, uh, I thought, you know, I said, I'll how, give that a whirl. How many people? Maybe they'll, are, maybe they'll think that you're the apparition. Well, that's what I mean. How many people are showing up dressed in Victorian <laughs> stuff now? Because you know how people are around here, especially. Okay, you get people from Revere and Medford saying, hey, "Let's do this." Right? Well, <laughs> you know, not that we don't like Revere and Medford; they're actually really nice places to be. You have the local art troops that will dress in period pieces because you know, the they're going to do a. Yeah, they're, they're sh- doing a play. You know, yeah, they'll be doing Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's another news item, man. That really drove me crazy. Thank you, Coco, for sending this to me. This drives me insane. Okay, it. it I'm not a veteran, but you are. Coco is. Mm-hmm. Steve is. It drives me crazy when people just disrespect people in the military. Okay, I, I, it just you know not that doesn't happen often. But I don't care about the gen. I mean the people who actually give up their lives to. I could yeah. never do it. I couldn't handle it, frankly. You know, um, it, so my hats off to anyone who does it. Who does it? It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. You give yeah. up at least four years of your life, and you guys never, are still getting killed over. And them. you're never the same. You know, I mean, it, it's. I'm sure it's a learning experience yeah. and some, but I, and I think that it, it helps a lot of people grow up. Okay, but still, you're giving up. It's it's like high school again or something. Mm-hmm. You know, with guns. Anyway, Tom Cruise. Okay? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, 
as uh, Switch called Mafia, you mean Little Tom Cruise, is filming Top Gun 2 right. on the uh, aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt oh. off of San Diego. Mm. Okay, It's called Top Gun 2 Maverick. Right. All right? Now, I owe a lot of my... You know my success writing mm-hmm. to Top Gun One, okay? Because the Wingman books came out when Top just Top Gun had just yep. come out. Tom Clancy had just come out, and tons of plane sequences. And, yeah, Wingman hit and and, airpl- and yeah. jet fighters are sexy. That, you know, exactly. Bar- and, th- and thank God, okay. Uh, so anyway, so I I do owe a lot to the movie, okay? But now he's on the ship, right? And the uh, crew was told. Do not look at him. Mr. Cruz has asked you not to look at him. Do not talk to him. And everyone has to leave their phone in their locker when they're on duty because he doesn't want you taking pictures of him. What? No autographs. You cannot eat when he's eating. Uh, his these these are You're his kidding. demands to the Navy. Okay, and now the, and and they did it. They're, they're wow. doing it. They're doing it. And, but now people are tweeting and people are picking up the tweets yep. and reading. You know when people saying. You know what a jerk he is, and you know, and, and nobody you know, smuggling in a phone. You know, I, that's, I'm surprised. But if you, I suppose, if you got caught doing it, you'd be, you know, the Navy would probably cut down. It. And and I'm sure they're getting paid. The Navy must be getting paid. But you know what? I would just say to him, you know what? Go go filming on some friggin' Indian Navy ship or something like that. You know, screw you! How dare you, you little friggin' midget of a man? That's pretty jerky. Unless I, really unless jerky. it's you know sometimes. Is it sure all about Tom Cruise or is it the is it the the, 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 the filming people, team? Maybe? Yeah, all those people. The whole? Is it is it Tom Cruise making these decisions all the time, or is it uh, his front the, people? His people. Well, he he, you would not make a uh, you know a, a, an edict like that without running it by Tom. Because it can be very yeah. Well, it can be very the looking at him part is stupid, but it can be very um, distracting. If there's a lot of commotion going on while he's trying to film. Well, screw him. Screw, well, come on. What's the matter well, with you? You're you want gonna... to film? You'll probably have a, a, an after-filming party. Here's after. how you do it. Well, that's exactly right. Okay? And I understand. That could I, happen. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You know, and when they're filming, everyone should just, okay, let's cool it and let's be nice. Okay? But he's but he's constantly walking around the ship and so on. And this goes back. I read about this If he's guy. walking around and hanging out, then, I, then he's but a he's jerk. Not hanging, if... But he's not hanging. And they've, like... Um, Sealed off entire passageways because yep. so he can use them, and now right. everyone is. And they said, "Don't if you run into Tom Cruise in a passageway, mm-hmm. do not bump shoulders with him. And <laughs> do not one, engage." One sailor said, "You're right." One sailor <laughs> said, "If you've ever been aboard an aircraft carrier, it's, it's hard Im- not to bump. It's impossible not to bump something because everything it's, is compact, and you're you bumping know? your head on the stupid passageway right. doors. Always with the thing, right? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to worry about that, does he? Okay. <laughs> So anyway, this is how you do it, okay? And and this is from my days as a PR guru, okay, mm-hmm. for General Electric Company. You come on the boat, and plus this is this is his reputation since Days of Thunder, mm-hmm. where they told you know right after Top Gun there was a movie after Top Gun. Only Nicole Kidman could hang out with him. Right, yeah, that's when we met her and supposedly mm-hmm. got married. Yeah, and um, but that was don't look at Tom, don't look at Tom, okay? So so don't anyway, look at Tom. This is Jeez. how you do it. You come on board, right, yep. and. You get everyone in the uh, chow hall, or whatever they call it, okay? And he just goes, uh, he gives a little speech. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me aboard. Yep. I really appreciate it, yep. you know? And then get into that. You have your jobs to do. We have our jobs to do. We'll stay out of your way. We don't want to just, you know, blah, 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 okay? Everyone would clap, and everyone would feel great, and mm. there'd be none of this. And, and, and the... 
and the effect would be the exact same. It'd be better because then people. If you went to the chow it. hall and did, you know, had a couple of meals with the yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then at the end, then let's have a party, and you know, here's in, yeah. you know, free, you know, extra ice cream or something. That's how you do it. And, right. You know, I don't really want to go down memory lane, but as you know, in uh, McElroy's haunted universe, on sale everywhere, I recount my own kind of first person experience when I was a movie extra in a movie called A Civil Action, okay? And, um, you know, there were a lot of hijinks, let's say, but John Travolta was the star. Yep. And um, we got to meet him, and I say it right in the book. You know, I always thought he was just a typical Hollywood a-hole, and, and he, he isn't, and he wasn't. He came around, he met every single person. I think they do that anyway, you know? But, you know, he, we, we were talking to him for probably a half hour. Mm-hmm. In between sets, there's a lot of time in between. Stuff. Sure. And then we'd see him around. You know, we see him around uh, the set a lot. He'd come in and he'd... He'd he never in. struck me as a pompous-ass kind of He's uh, not, you know. And, and people were bringing Grease albums and stuff like that, and I could see it. At, at one point, yeah. I could see, well, you know, he's getting a little... Never never, never any star quality at all for that guy. And, mm-hmm. and I've liked him ever since he's had a tough life. You know, he had a... You know, one of his kids passed away, and, you know, he's... You know, who knows what's going on with his personal life. But he was a good guy. He mm-hmm. was a good guy. And Tom Cruise is not a good guy. So... That's disappointing. Was, I like Tom Cruise. Yeah, you know, some of his movies are all right. He's made a lot of clams, too. Yeah. So, Switchy, um, what's going on with you other than your road trip that we can talk about? Uh, how's the, my road trip? How's the writing going? How's, well, the, the writing uh, has been stalled a little bit uh, <clears throat> about of the flu, which I won't get into. Okay. And, uh, you know, a few distractions here and there. <clears throat> uh, it's, uh, as you know, being a writer, being a famous writer, Mac, uh, it's very easy to be distracted during the day when you're supposed oh, yeah. to be researching or writing. So I, I feel that that much of it, I feel like a professional writer now that I can be so easily mm-hmm. distracted. Yep. It's uh, TV, the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Facebook. And, well, yeah, Facebook. And, and then uh, Mac calls me and wonders what I'm doing for lunch. That, well, that, <laughs> that comes up like occasionally. Like from 2 to 6 will be lunch. And I have to check in on my pet hamsters every once <laughs> And then there's the mailman. I mean, you might be getting some yeah. good in the mail. You yeah. know. We got a mail chick. It was pretty good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, she's hot. Uh, yeah. We might have to cut that out. And she spends time with me on Saturdays. Oh, my goodness. Please. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, she, they do Amazon stuff, too, you know? So they make a special delivery for Amazon. Yes. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. And she'll okay, here's so. another box for you. And then we should be talking. Like, I'm thinking, boy, don't you have uh, other stuff to do? Well, don't. I don't mind talking with her, and I'm at the edge of the driveway, you, and you got the you got the cavalcade. I'm there, trying to friend. walk away, and what, y'all walking away? I'm from trying a to walk a- girl. What's the matter with yeah, you? Yes. Are yeah. You, are you dressed when this is going on? Sometimes I'm in my pajamas. Well, then you should walk away. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just have an emergency outfit? I just the fed door. the turkeys, and then all of a sudden, there's the oh. the mail person. Something either I ordered or something Eileen ordered, and uh, you know. Interesting. Amazon, okay. they got a big contract with the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, I know, which is kind of funny, but anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, so the cute mail girl delivering to you and spending time with you. Exactly. Have you brought up the subject? No mail person spends time have, with have, you. Have you, um, have you, yeah, I know. Usually they just, you know, they have. They, they got to make their quota. They got to make their quota, exactly. Especially the FedEx and UPS guys, like boom, bang, boom. Have you brought up the um, subject of UFOs with her yet? No, not yet. No? Maybe in the next visit I will. Have you. Mentioned to I, her I was going to invite her in for coffee, but you know, well, you don't, there's a lawsuit I, right there. But, you know, Eileen wouldn't mind. I told Eileen, I say, you know, the male girl is quite talkative. <laughs> She's heard that. She must need somebody before. in her life. Well, don't go there. That's that really is testimony in the field. <laughs> right. know, there's a lot of women out there that need somebody in their life, and they're well, just not happy know, with what they got. I got to tell you, we got to take that camera around with us some night. 
uh, to do the after dark Mac mm -hmm. after the show is over because it does Mac get and interesting. Mac one after dark. Yeah, it does get interesting every once in a while. Everybody has to sign an affidavit so they won't reveal any of the content yeah. that was on the show. Uh, you're not disclosure agreements, right? right? Yep, <clears throat> like Derek Jeter. <laughs> he, he, he really, he meets some girl. He says, uh, "Before we went to my mansion, can you sign this, please? There's a non-disclosure agreement, and you had to turn over your phone." Why <laughs> he never got in trouble? Yeah. So anyway, uh, okay, switchy. So um, it, it, the writing is going slow. That's good. You have all these distractions. That good. That's good. You really are it's becoming a professional. Well, a lot, writer. a lot of, a lot of research to do too. I mean, when I when I get down and dirty and, and actually do some writing, I, I'll hit a, a snag every once in a while because, uh, as you know, if you're doing something uh, fact-based, yes. based, you can't just make it up. Well, but you can yeah. if you're doing a reality show, but right. not if you're doing a book. So uh, what? What is the? Have you come up with the name for the book? Yep. No, no, it's uh, the it name is, is quite a mystery. Uh, the, the book is going to deal with, uh, you know, consciousness and the paranormal, as well as the way uh, different things seem to connect and link together, mm -hmm. uh, past and present and, and so forth. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a big, you're taking a big bite of the it, apple with that, aren't it, you? Yes, yes, sir. It might, it, might, uh, it might actually go into a sequel. Who knows? What would the sequel be? Unconsciousness? Uh, more, of, be, <laughs> more, <laughs> more of being unconscious. More, more of the unnamed uh, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever it is. The consciousness goes to Japan. <laughs> no, consciousness goes Hawaiian. Download, goes Hawaiian to, right. download to a Kindle and explode because it ran out of memory. Wow. Switching. Actually, I thought we should call it uh, Indrid goes Hawaiian. You know, Indrid Cold would be kind of catchy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. But you have to. Hang on. Don't, hang know, on. don't know the person. It's very inside. Indrid who? Indrid Cold. Indrid. He's the uh, the entity that supposedly Woodrow Derenberger was contacted by during the Mothman fiasco. Oh, very, oh, very okay. inside title. I'll so say. people that were inside would be able to, to, to understand what mm -hmm. it was. Crickets, moths, they're kind of in the same family, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I think the different superheroes had those kinds of costumes. Okay, all right. So um, speaking of superheroes. Okay, go ahead, please. It was family night at our house. Watch a movie. Dad's, dad needs to chill. Yes. They want to pick a movie for me. I didn't have a clue what I wanted. Usually I go, it's Quentin Tarantino is usually oh. my go-to. <laughs> oh, man. They, they picked Dead, Deadpool. Have you ever seen Deadpool? Oh, yeah. No, that's, I, I no that's a very, that's a it very wicked good. Yeah, really good movie. <laughs> wicked Wasn't good. it the first action movie nominated for an Academy Award? I Was it? Something? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, people say that's the greatest action movie. It was awesome. Action it was movie. funny. It was yep. chilling. It was... Yep. It was it's a little kind of like sarcastic and very, type thing. Very, very. Yeah. yeah, I wow. got to watch that. I got to watch that. It was supposed to be pretty good. Sorry I squirreled uh, into another idea, but it was like it's, um, I needed that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, they picked the right thing. Yeah, you know? Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it's the first action movie to be nominated for an Academy Award, and, mm. I, and I think it was like for Beck's picture or something. It wasn't, you know. Really? I'll have to, look, I'll have to IMDB it. It wasn't like uh, Best Light. Sure, it wasn't Black Panther was nominated. Maybe I'm mixing it. Yeah, up. Black Panther, okay. I think, was. I don't okay. know about Deadpool. A Deadpool has been recommended. But the character's really good. <laughs> well, deserved an Academy. <laughs> now, I want you to pot okay. us up a little bit more. All right. Because yeah. I'm looking at, uh, I'd rather look at uh, what's down below. Okay. Well, when he says pot us this, up, it's not what you think. Right. Uh, so, switch, okay. That sounds good. And, Potentiometer and, for those who are. When When is the, yeah, uh, is the secret word of the night? What, um,. When is the book due to be released? Uh, it'll be probably early next year. Okay. All right. And do you want to mention the publisher or no? Yes. Visionary Living is the publisher. All right. All right. Cool. And you, do you, are they going to want uh, require a photo from you for your for the back jacket? 
Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. All right. Okay. Are you going to go to Supercuts and kind of <laughs> clean up? <laughs> no, I, I actually have a pretty good uh, Facebook picture that uh, I discovered oh. when it, <clears throat> I was taken with some other people. I discovered the, the three features you need to have a good picture. Okay. And that is? It was, it was purely by accident. But number one, your eyes have to be open, right? Yes, uh, properly. Okay. All right. Uh, your, your smile ha can't be too goofy. Mm -hmm. Or you're too broad or too, mm -hmm. you, know, you can't have your mouth hanging open either. Okay. So they wow. had both those. But here's the key lighting. I had, lighting, uh, it was, yes. Uh, there was a lot of natural lighting. So, yes. And people remarked, said, hey, that's a good picture of you. And I looked at it and I thought, holy crap, that is a good picture of me. So that's that's one I use uh, quite frequently. Uh, one, one. Do you remember the switch we used to know about two or three years I ago? I know. And we never humble be switch. talking about his publicity shots, you know. <laughs> Never mind how to take them and the lighting and so on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, well, now that you did that Tom Cruise story, I, I'm rethinking my, my policy of not having people look at me when I'm on a paranormal investigation. See, the story. He's got a lighting crew coming in and makeup just to make sure the there isn't too much of a shine and uh, reflection. And see, the story that we always kind of refer to on here is, you know, and and I think it's a true story. Or some part of it is true is that when Bob Dylan was starting out, he had this own little entourage of these street urchins, basically, from the village in New York City. And as soon as he made it, he was driving down the street with them in a limo, and he told the guy to stop, and he kicked them all out. <laughs> he kicked them all out, every single one of them. Okay, these are people who helped him. Why am I not reading these funny anecdotes? Was, that oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then that was it. Then he started his new career. So that's when we say, you know, switch. You're Dylan in the back of the limo, dude. I think, you know... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? And then um, we'll be back with some other fun-filled segment, I'm mm -hmm, sure. Mm -hmm. um, you're listening to it. Uh, Juan Juan is here. Yep. Switch is on the phone with us. He's here. Coco's going to be calling in later on. We're going to have, of course, a mystery guest uh, do 10 questions for Juan Juan. And then we're going to be talking to the Gold, uh, what is it? Gold, Gold Star. Star Foundation. Gold Star Riders. Riders Foundation. Okay. Uh, a really good group. Who, um, what are you pulling a, pulling a pin on a hand grenade there? Um, <laughs> who do lots of volunteer work for. Uh, the only time I ever did that was boot camp. <laughs> okay. Right. It wasn't a live grenade, though. Oh, okay. But you had not to do it. I thought you were talking about right, riding the motorcycle. Got, that got me nervous when, when they do that. When you hear the pin go out of a hand grenade, that's the time going <laughs> All right, here we go. So why don't we take an ad now? Um, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrex Stuff Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Uh, what a show we have for you tonight. But in the studio with us girls, uh, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, he's, everybody. He's Glad dressed to be head here, to man. toe in Rolling Stone, Hard Rock Cafe, trying to look cool there. Okay. That's right. Excellent. Mr. Cool. All right. Uh, always Mr. Cool. spent a lot of money on sweatshirts. Uh, do you really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Good for you. You're a walking billboard, in other words, right? That's it. I don't know. I should be paid a fee. Or at least free drinks at the Hot Rock Cafe. On the uh, phone with us, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is joining us. How's things there, uh, Switchy? Uh, things are great, and it's great to be here. Okay, and you had three donuts for breakfast, correct? Is that for the <laughs> I, I actually, you know what, to, to be honestly, and I'm always honest, yes. I, I actually had two. two. I couldn't eat the third one. Oh, oh. So I, I had to pitch it. I, that, I, that's very unlike me. Well, but, you, weren't uh, over, you weren't over your illness yet. Uh, that's what I would track that. Oh, up maybe, today. maybe yeah. that's a, maybe I still haven't quite adjusted. Yeah, take maybe it, take it from Doctor Mac. That's fine. Uh, okay. So uh, Coco is going to be calling in later on. We're going to have ten questions from Juan Juan, and then uh, later on the show, we're going to be talking to representatives from the Gold Star Ride Foundation, uh, who are a group that um, raises money and helps out people who uh, have had service members killed mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the military. So uh, it sounds like a noble cause. We'll be talking to them. Um, but anyway, and other surprises coming up, I hope. But anyway, Switch, you went on a uh, field trip recently, correct? That's right. Okay. I, uh, the walls started uh, closing in on me. And okay. I, while I have a lot of responsibilities these days, yes. I thought I needed something to focus on. Okay. I started bouncing off the walls, yes. and none of them are padded here. Yes. So I had to get out. So I, I, I conjured up this trip. And what I did was I hit uh, three uh, paranormal hotspots. Uh, and I always want to know, I've, I've uh, mentioned before how I've gone to Bray Road. Bray Road is uh, just uh, east of Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And that's the, the famous road where they started seeing this dogman creature. Or at least that's where it first started co- t- coming to the forefront. Uh, people uh, have been seeing this thing all over for a long time. But it's almost like, uh, you know, as strange as a Bigfoot sighting was it's almost like it's you could uh you could get away with talking about your bigfoot report but when, when people started to see these uh these dog-like creatures that were quite large and would stand up on two legs and have red glowing eyes or green glowing eyes or whatever uh that's something that people kept to themselves mm-hmm. but but these days a lot of these reports are coming out now linda godfrey uh who wrote the the beast of bray road she now, was where's a, bray road where is it uh, it is uh, yeah. It's just just east of Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> Elkhorn's a really nice little town, but it's surrounded by by farm country. There's a couple major highways that go right by there. Uh, Forty what is it? Forty seven, I think. I might have have that wrong. And US twelve. And okay. uh, but uh, if you get out on Bray Road, Bray Road's only about four miles ro- along. It's a two lane that separates some pretty uh, you know nice looking but kind of mundane farm country. But people started. Uh, 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 seeing these things, and uh, Linda Godfrey started as a. It was for one of these uh, 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 weekly newspapers, you know, one that you don't get paid much for. Yep. But she started out get as a at cartoonist. The right. She started out as a cartoonist, and she started uh, uh, her journalism there by just starting out uh, kind of quietly. But then she started. Uh, they had her track down these rumors of people seeing this dog-like creature out on Bray Road. 
And uh, one of the ladies that she, young ladies she talked to originally was Lori Andresi. She uh, was driving home late one night about three in the morning and she saw this thing from the back at first and she, she could see its pointed ears and she, as she was getting around to see the front of it, it was actually more man-like uh, and kind of part man, part dog. It was actually kneeling and looked like it was eating some kind of roadkill. Mm. And it was looking right at her. Like an, an, an animal will normally be scared away by a vehicle, but this wasn't. This was looking right at her. And uh, it turned out that this woman had gone to the uh, John Fredrickson, who was an animal patrol officer. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> now she got the impression when she saw this, well, she went to him to see if, if you know, he had had any reports of, of something like this or if he could possibly identify it. He thought maybe it was just a, a big dog seeing at a certain angle. But the more of these reports have come in, there's something really strange going on. And uh, it was it was weird because when this woman was under the impression that it had something to do that was evil, that was her impression. And it might even have some kind of link with witchcraft or something like that. Wow. So when she was talking to this animal control officer about what she saw, all of a sudden, several books flew out of a shelf right next to him and hit the floor. There was no vibration. There was no reason for it to happen. But at any rate, uh, Linda Godfrey, who I actually uh, am, am uh, pleased to know, has gone on and written several other books on cryptids and so forth. She's even been looking into an area in Wisconsin that I, I don't it's, – it's an undisclosed location, but it's one of these uh, – high strangest areas where a lot of different things seem to be going on, UFOs and strange mists and so forth. But that was uh, that was kind of fun. I went uh, – I wanted to walk Bray Road. The last time I was there, I drove it. So you, you to get access to Bray Road, uh, you can't park your car on it because uh, uh, there's not much of a shoulder. And also, if you leave your car out there, the cops are going to think it's an abandoned car. So I found a place about a half mile away where I could uh, park it safely, and then I walked the half mile – and then I just walk a few miles up and down Bray Road just to, just to say I've done it. Mm -hmm. I, I am not uh, – other people that, that get on Bray Road say that there's a really weird vibe there. Yes. But as, as the listeners know, I don't, I don't pick up any vibes. I'm just a guy who's interested in the stuff but mm -hmm. doesn't ever seem to experience it. Interesting. So it was a daytime or nighttime you were doing this? It was, it was daytime. I took the, you would never want to walk that road at night. Right. Uh, very, it's it's dangerous in the daytime. You want to when the cars are coming along. I made sure I, I gave them wide berth to. Uh, mm -hmm. I would get off the shoulder and make sure they had plenty of, of room to pass and so forth. So what's it so, like a two lane highway? Yeah, uh, just 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 a two lane, four yeah. miles long. Okay. Uh, nothing, you know, very mundane. Nobody would dream that Forest? anything strange. Is there a the area? Is it is it yeah open area or is it go very very open yes yep. very okay. open yep and what's on either side like marshes or farmland or something yeah yep uh, just uh, you know maybe uh, some cornfields a lot a lot of farmland okay. here and there and, and uh, uh, when this dog man you know when he you know does he assault people what's he do to people does he eat them up or something it, no he freaks them out <laughs> they, they, people get a really weird vibe from it uh, and it's it's not just it's just kind of started to be noticed in this area right uh, there's a there's a podcast out called Dog Man. Dogman Encounters Radio. Uh, Vic Cundiff runs it. Okay. And people have come forward that have saw this thing maybe 20 years ago, but they thought, man, there's no way in hell I'm going to tell anybody about this report right. because they're going to think I'm nuts. So but, uh, and it's not just Wisconsin. Uh, Linda Godfrey has got them from all over the world, actually. In, 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 I don't know if you described him earlier when I was out uh, attending to some business, but what's he look like? Uh, very much. A lot of people have seen it. And it, it, at first, it'll look like it's a dog on the side of the road, big yes. mangy dog, okay. and then it'll stand up. Oh. Sometimes it's very human-like. Yep. And some of them have even been described as like five or six feet tall. 
Okay, and did they have pants on or anything? They were young clothes? No, or they no, just, just no, regular no, dog? No, okay, all right. Uh, Linda Gottfried has, did find in, in all the reports, she found one or two where people claimed to see some kind of a transformation. Oh. But this is not really what we would call a werewolf. This seems to be. Oh, I see. Uh, there's a lot of paranormal uh, sort of overtones to this thing, like so many of these things. So it's very hard to imagine a, a species like this that has been uh, undiscovered that runs throughout the world, throughout well, the U.S. And, and does, does it ever attack these people or anything along those lines? Uh, I, I don't know of any attacks, but mm -hmm. people have felt threatened by it, and they've gotten, you know, usually get the hell out of there. Okay. Anyone ever so shot at it? if you see a it? werewolf, I mean, what would you do? Well, they— Werewolves, uh, there's, there's some pretty strong evidence that werewolves exist exactly, yeah. you know, actually. Um, I would like beat feet. I would. Yeah, I would on. too, yeah. So now I even went out there at night. I figured I'm going to you know, really exploit this. So you so went, I, out, so you went I, out there I, at I, night? I, I drove the. Well, I drove it at okay. night. Just All right, kind good. of checking things out. Had very, very, very little traffic out there. Yes. Stopped and took, you know, a picture of the the, the Bray Road sign. Had to shine a flashlight on it. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, a very, very, a very creepy area at night. But mm -hmm. just because it's, you know, it's out in the middle of nowhere with no lights and so forth. Right. Did, did, but did that's the, not the only place I went. Okay. But did the idea ever cross your mind that you know to to just go get like a like a dog mask and hang around up there <laughs> just to see what would happen? No, because if you you read the script. So the various uh, cheesy movies. That's the first guy that gets nailed by a real dog. Yeah, okay, right. The real dog man will come up. Hey, you're in my, you're in my <laughs> turf. Right. Get out of here. Boom. And I, and I did I did kind of think as I took this, trying to finally got this photograph right of the of the Brea Road sign lit up. Uh, as I'm going back to the car, that's yes. exactly what I was thinking. I thought, oh, man, be careful because yeah. it might be out there. But, yeah, right. Yeah. So do people see it all times of day or is it usually day, night, when? Uh it seems like mostly at the night and okay. at night, but uh, it's very sporadic. I guess they still see it in that area, but this goes back to uh, the early '90s. Actually, the, uh, the one of the first reported sightings was late '80s. So, so in the, but there's enough sightings that this guy actually has his own radio network about it, correct? Mm. There's a movie made out of it. No way. Well, yeah. They, well, Beast they, of Bray they, Road. They, 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 they bought the uh, rights to uh, Linda's book, oh. but that was all they had was the the title was the only resemblance. It's supposed okay. to take place in Michigan. You can see all kinds of California license plates on the car. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they didn't even, yeah. they didn't no. even go for the fake plates. Look, wow, look they only had 20 bucks for their, their production. Yeah, right. Okay. So, all but, right. So. Okay. All right. She must get a royalty check, though, somewhere along the line. Well, she got, I think, I'm sure she did. But, yeah. Uh, yep. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's, that's interesting. And uh, all right, we're looking at the movie now. Juan has just sent me, uh, handed me his uh, computer machine hand thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. Nobody famous in it though. No, one star. Tom that, Cruise is in it. One star. That's that means good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Juan, Juan, for that. I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. So now. now you jump in the car. What kind of car you have? You call it the Great Ghost, but that is not really a good name for a car. It's a oh, it's an excellent name for a car. It it's, is. It's not a, if it it's dies. A slate gray metallic Cobalt Chevy. Chevy Cobalt. Oh, okay. What year is it? Uh, two thousand and eight. Okay. And I'm, many, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 slouching toward three hundred thousand miles. Oh on man! Wow. You're driving around in this thing. Like this yep. trip. How long was it? You, the trip from your house to this place. Uh, I I don't know, but I put over a thousand miles on the car for wow, the weekend. Wow, man, a Chevy Cobalt. I don't know. That's it's not known for its vigor, is it? I don't oh, think come so. on! Watch, watch your mouth now. Really? But yeah, okay. The All next, right. I had to take a I took a long trip down. The next next stop was to I spent some time in Elkhorn, by the way, yes. which is a very nice town. Yes, but yes. anyway. Uh, I, I went down. I'd heard uh, uh, we've talked before about the Faded Discs Archive, okay. which is a website where uh, if you click on it, 
click under wind encounters. There's all kinds of things like uh, CE3, you know, close encounters of the third kind, yes. uh, UFO history and so forth. There's a high strangeness section. And number 10 is this lost radio interview with Hayden C. Hughes. Yes. You know, old timers in the UFO thing uh, will will recognize his Community. name. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Dan Garcia from the International UFO Bureau out of Oklahoma. They were interviewed on a Cleveland station, which wasn't identified, but it must have been 1100, I think. It's okay. a big powerhouse there. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, for an hour, because in 1972, there was a wave of Bigfoot reports oh, cool. uh, in uh, Louisiana, Missouri. Okay. We're which just, is right on the uh, Missouri River. Right. And we, okay, Mississippi River. Okay. <laughs> we're just going to say that that's that's a it's an unusual town. Let's leave it at that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. It's uh it's it's right it, out, when I was there, I went there to, just to check it out because I'd heard about it. It uh there's a lot of flooding mm -hmm. going on at the time. A lot of the streets were were closed down. Okay. Yeah. Uh but uh it, this is uh it was really interesting because there was a, a family there uh that uh they were experienced they were seeing this bigfoot on the property now they were calling it momo back momo. then this is the missouri bigfoot yes, yes. and i i think this may have been about the first time they were calling it momo i don't know how momo. how far back that name goes m o m o m o m o yes m o m o right okay, momo and they said, uh, and Hughes and Garcia said that they've been getting uh, reports of this creature. This is this talking about this in '72 yes. for about 16 years prior to that, so wow. it had a history of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also they were also seeing uh, uh, fireballs or strange lights in the sky. Cool. Okay. Now this was interesting to me because the first time I've ever heard of UFOs and Bigfoots together was from the research of Stan Gordon, mm -hmm. right. who uh, uncovered in southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, in 73, 74, a wave of Bigfoot sightings mm. along with UFOs and mm. so forth. And he's also the author of, uh, he did the Klecksburg books, right? Yes, right. yes. He, uh, he's the one. As a matter of fact, I'll be speaking there this year at the Kettsburg uh, event mm -hmm. that uh, hosted by Stan Gordon. Very interesting uh, UFO in, uh, crash, maybe. But go ahead, please. Now, they, uh, they, uh, the, uh, this is the Harrison family. And Terry uh, Harrison, the, the son, uh, saw saw this thing first, and they, they saw it carrying a dog. In fact, there were several dogs that were missing in the area, mm -hmm. and it, it freaked them out. This is a family of nine. Yes. And this guy, uh, so they, they, they abandoned the house. They, they sent the kids off to live with relatives. Uh, this thing was accompanied by a horrible smell, which is characteristic of these things. And uh, so now uh, Mr. Harrison returned to the house. He's trying to and he was hanging, hanging up uh, slabs of ham to try and lure this thing in so he could get another look at it. Now, he got fired from his job for, in quotes, hunting the monsters at night. He was the foreman of the water department and on the board of public works. Now, here he'd worked for them for over 20 years. Right. He's trying to support a family of nine. And because, you know, something really strange happened, they, I guess it's just one of those things where they – Just not in his job any, description, right? They just well, didn't they, want they, any they don't, don't repercussions. Well, they don't want to be associated with a guy that's out looking for Bigfoot. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, Hughes never called it Bigfoot. Now, one of the callers that came uh, called in mentions the name Sasquatch and Bigfoot. And uh, Bigfoot hadn't really been around that long as a, uh, a name for the creature. But uh, he called it. Now, he, he, uh, he said that they had been analyzing UFO reports. And he said, strangely enough, uh, that's one of the top three creatures that there these big, hairy creatures were being seen in conjunction with UFOs. Mm. Now, I had never heard that before. He, he talked about the short little three and a half feet tall uh, 
ETs or aliens. Yep. And keep in mind, this is before the Greys, you know, showed up in the in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, we had quite a different variety then. So it was kind of interesting. Now, he wasn't uh, sure. Now, he's very much into the ET mold, not so much uh, – you know, the way John Keel's view was quite a bit different, that these might be sort of manifestations of uh, be alter terrestrials or something not uh, not quite E.T. But uh, he thought he called them uh, possibly troglodytes. And that's really what he was saying is that we're, we're talking about Bigfoot uh, or some kind of race of beings that had been remained hidden. And he talked about them maybe living in the various caves. There's a lot of caves in Missouri. So uh, uh but anyway, it's, it was a really uh, uh, interesting uh, report. Oh, there were uh, – you could tell they're, they're pretty objective about the way they looked at this because they did catch – they found uh, one guy was wearing a suit. So they found that was a hoax and they, they uncovered some other people that uh, originally said they saw the creature but turned out it was a hoax. But people are seeing these uh, strange lights or fireball-like things in the area uh, – uh, people are getting the uh, – they got footprints. They got cast of footprints. They got uh, samples of hair, which, of course, back in those days, uh, it wasn't really a great means of uh, testing what they were. Uh, so he kind of uh, – he thought that – Hughes thought that they might be some kind of uh, a hidden race or Neanderthal uh, that was uh, undocumented. So A hidden race? Yes. Well, that's that's the way he put it. Now, all he meant was, you know, if if there is a if we are dealing with Bigfoots, yep. uh, then that's something that is indigenous to the planet. We just remain uh, hidden. So maybe we can do a DNA sample and find out, you know, where they're really from. And then after that, I uh, now see again when I when I go to these places, uh, especially this is almost uh, half a century ago. So the. The, uh, the possibility of you know, finding a, an original witness or certainly experiencing anything myself was pretty slim. So I wasn't too worried about that. But uh, I decided to start to head home, but I thought, well, where am I going to stay for the night? And there's a place in Illinois mm -hmm. called Mattoon. And I think we did a report on the mad gasser of Mattoon once before. And uh, that was in 1944. Mattoon. There was a, Is that a place? Mad, What's that? That's a, that's a place. Yes, okay, Mattoon is, yes. Okay. But uh, the uh, – and I'm sure most of the people that live in Mattoon uh, are not uh, – uh, don't remember uh, you know, any of this history. But in 1944, uh, there were several instances where uh, somebody uh, – uh, a guy named Urban Rafe, he woke up at 3 a.m. He feels nauseated. Uh, he is uh, unable to get out of bed. And this happened to several other people. Uh, sometimes their legs would become paralyzed. And a couple times they would see the tall stranger dressed in black uh, run away from the house. Mm -hmm. So this is actually has a, a little bit of a, a hint of a spring-heeled Jack, one if minute. you remember that character. From, we can now. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We have one minute left. We should do a okay. show. We should do a show on spring-heeled Jack because that's a uh, interesting uh, – a story about a guy in, in London that a lot of people saw that he could jump like, what, 50 feet or so? Switch. Yes. He'd go jump yes. it down the he, street. Uh, 
And there are some that he used to spray some kind of a noxious gas in people's mm-hmm. face as well. And so there are some <laughs> some possible. Yeah, don't don't get smart there. But somehow uh, they thought he was an acrobat are, or something. There are some yeah. similarities to the the, the so-called mad gasser. Cool. And there were several other like that. Of course, they brushed it off as hysteria. Right. But it is another interesting piece right. of paranormal history. Tales from the Fringe would switch there, Wawa. Wow, I like that. that. Okay. Yeah. All right. And there's a road trip. Don't forget to uh, task deduct all that. So why don't we do this now? Why don't we take an ad right now, and we'll be back with more fun. Okay, you're listening to Mac Mooney's Miltrex Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We will be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Miltrax Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have going for you tonight, but it's time for our 10 questions for Juan Juan, our most requested segment. I should say Juan Juan is here, girls. Hello, girls. Okay. Switchblade. Juan Juan is here to be abused once again. Well, don't put it that like that. <laughs> uh, Switchblade Steve is with us from That's okay. Battle I enjoy Creek. it. Okay. Uh, great to be here watching Juan uh, Juan be abused. Yeah, okay. All right. We should sell tickets. So um, anyway... <laughs> Um, but we have a, um, a mystery guest on the phone to ask the 10 questions. And I know this is going to shock you there, my friend. Who but, could it uh, possibly be? I have well, no it's idea. our favorite bartender, Megan Reagan from Megan. Cali. Megan from Starbucks. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. She is, uh, we'll go into this maybe some other time, but she has become a, 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 a celebrity. A celebrity, yes. Yeah. We'll explain it wow. later on. But anyway, thank you, Megan, for joining us tonight um, down yeah. there from the Starbucks Galley, our favorite restaurant in Newburyport, Water Street. Great seafood, great people, great service. And if mm-hmm. you go in there and order great a chocolate. Great martinis. Well, we, we, you weren't here, but we said if, if people go in there now, we made a deal with David, the owner. If they go in there and order a chocolate martini, they can charge it to you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they okay. call it the Juan Juan special. Yeah, well, the Juan Juan special, right. So, uh, Megan, uh, how's uh, things jumping down there, as always, down the, down the galley? 
Oh, it's actually, I just walked in and it's super busy. The super. bar is packed, the wow. dining room's full, so it's pretty cool. Really? Wow. Must be the weather. Uh, it's a cool place. Uh, so you have the 10 questions yeah. in front of you, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Switch, you're there. You ready to laugh? You ready to cry? Uh, absolutely. Laugh or cry. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. 10 questions for one one with our good friend Megan Reagan from the Starboard Galley. Please, Megan, question number 10. Do you still wear pajamas? And if so, are they the CT kind? You know, do you still wear pajamas and are they the feety kind? I do wear pajamas, but uh, here's what I do. I wear socks. Oh. And I tuck my pajama legs into my socks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be really oh, snuggly. Why would you do that? Just to be real That's snuggly. It's cold up where I live. That could be worse. It's a snuggly thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think you're right this switch. Please. Uh, number nine, Megan, please. We know you sanitize Mac's computer on a regular basis. That's right. If yeah. you found classified information on his hard drive, classified would you in what category? Let <laughs> him finish the question. Go ahead, please. <laughs> When's the last time you and Cobra? No, no, no. Went no, no. We to, no, we have to go back to the other question. Okay. All right, I didn't let it finish it. Yeah, yeah, oh, let, oh, oh. If I found classified information, <laughs> no, would on. I turn him in? When what's your beef with no belly button man? Hold on, hold on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. No, we're going to do question nine because he never got the answer right. Oh, yeah, nine. I didn't okay. shut my big mouth. Okay, right, let's start again. Hang on, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's radio. That's what makes it fun. Question number nine, please, Reagan. We know you sanitize Max's computer on a regular basis. If you found classified information on his hard drive, would you turn him in? Wow, it's a loyalty test. Wow. Go ahead. No, I would not. Oh, thank you. One I would not. Okay, right. But it could be in my back pocket. He said, I guess you need to bribe him. Oh, a blackmail type thing? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like you. Thank you. Okay. It wasn't that note I sent you the other day, snitches get stitches? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. Okay, all no right. Uh, next question, please. Megan Ring from the Starbuck Galley. Mystery guest tonight. When's the last time you and Cobra went antiquing? When's the last time you went antiquing with the CC? I, I never. Never. But I would look forward to it. Tell us. Oh, you would. Okay. He'd be a great antiquer. Oh, he would. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He sure would. Okay. Next question, please, Megan. What's your beef with no belly button man? What's your problem with him? You had a little shoving match with him last time he was here. Well. I don't think I had a beef. I think we just had a, a difference of opinion on uh, maybe. You gave him some navel oranges, man. Yeah. That's like, you know, very uncool. I know. It was, it was kind of a joke. He doesn't have a beef. Anyway, know. okay. That was kind of a joke, too. But <laughs> some hit, some don't, you know. Uh, next question, please, Megan. Besides Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe on sale everywhere. Everywhere. What other best-selling <laughs> What other best-selling books are you planning not to read this what year? <laughs> Which ones are you going to avoid this year? I don't know, but I'm going to read Keith Rich's book again. There you go. Okay, all right. Life. Good for you. Uh, next question, please. It's like 500 pages. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, written in crayon or it's... No, it's not, it's not huge print. It's like... Uh, next question, please. Meg, is this question five? Yes, it okay. is. Uh, question five. What are the two biggest reasons you like going to the Thirsty Moose? Oh, wow. Well, come on. That's oh, side. Question four, two? please. I don't know. I get these from the staff. I have nothing to do with them. Who did that? Question four, please. <laughs> uh, if a shrink told you a hot dog is really a phallic symbol, would you stop eating them? <laughs> <laughs> if a psychiatrist well. told you that a hot dog is really a phallic symbol, would you stop eating them? 
Mm, no, because I consider hot dogs to be a symbol of uh, my dachshunds that I have. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> wow. What yeah, else I love you them need to dearly. Know? What else do you need to know about Wawa? Uh, next question. And they had the nerve to call one of my dachshunds a sausage dog. Who did? A veterinarian vet, did? Yeah. Really? Sausage dog. That's That hurts, man. I know it. She's it's a little hurt. overweight. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It could be hurtful. I can see that. Now, next question, please, Megan. What's Have that? you ever been approached by a man in a mall who said, hey, you'd make a great male model? <laughs> no, but yeah. I cruise the malls just waiting for really? that opportunity. Once again, chat now, <laughs> testimony later. <laughs> okay, question number How two. How did you know that about me? Megan Ray. Oh. How many times has a bartender said to you, if you don't like the chocolate martini, make it yourself, <laughs> you dick? <laughs> Has not, I've has been there not three times. Yet. I've been there three times. That's happened, you know. The, bar, the bartender in question, I think, uh, just will ignore me. No, well, okay. don't tell me to make it myself, you dick. <laughs> a little inside. Okay, and uh, our last question, question number one of Megan Reagan, our favorite bartender down the Starbucks alley. Question number one for one one. Okay. So, tell the truth. At this moment, how many pictures of Mac's wife do you have on your phone? Oh, wow. <laughs> Another loyalty test. Come on. Uh, I can't tell you. Count them out. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Is that your final answer, then? And yep. they're, and they're uh, secretly archived in the cloud. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're sanitizing my computer. Right? <laughs> anyway, thank you, Megan Reagan, for uh, joining us again and asking 10 questions from one one. Please, let's give a round of applause, audience. Good job. Good question. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. Yeah. Right. When we take a commercial break now, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Juan Juan, did you go to the beach a lot as a kid? Yes, Mac, I sure did. I have a feeling like as a youth, you were like the 90-pound weakling and that the bullets used to kick sand in your face. As a matter of fact, they did. I mean, I tried to pump iron back then, but I'd get pooped pretty quickly. Oh, my God. Look at you two girly men. Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger? What are you doing here? I'm here to make sure you read the ad copy for this fabulous new workout product called SEX that I can't endorse, but I'm sure works wonderfully. Hey, Arnold, what was that thing with you and the maid? Ugh, just do the ad. Yeah, man, nailing the maid. That's a little frenzy. That's it. I'm going to turn you into two Vienna pretzels. Cobra, Cobra save us! us. I'd be glad to you, gentlemen. What the boys are trying to say is, this is a new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through your daily workout. Yeah. It's called SEX for Strength Energy Accelerator. It comes easy to use. Just mix a scoop with water and drink 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you find you can last longer and feel all around better after finishing your regime. Yeah. The mix comes in many different flavors. Of course, my favorite is passion fruit. Me too. And it contains all the essentials you need to get over the top, whether you're trying to add muscle and bulk or just maintain your current physique you could look like me that's SEX workout dietary supplement available only through Cadillo USA visit CadilloUSA.com for more details that's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O USA.com and get some sex today hey what's going on in here Pistol, Pistol Pete. Pete what are you doing here I told you guys no partying in the studio what are all these dumbbells doing here hey just because you own this place doesn't mean you can call me a dumbbell Oh, yeah? Kick his ass, Pete. Come on, I'm right here. SEX workout powder. Available only through CadilloUSA.com. Read instructions carefully before using.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But let me just introduce the members of the posse, the very famous Juan Juan Sierra girl. Hello, everybody. Hi, girls. Also on the uh, phone with us, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, up there in the Bowl of Flakes, Battle Creek, Michigan. Great to be here, as yeah. all. Okay. Two donuts for breakfast, if you keep in store at home <laughs> this morning. And they weren't Kellogg's donuts. And they weren't Kellogg's either. donuts, right. No, um, no. But... Our very special guest is on the phone with us, joining us once again, uh, becoming a celebrity. She might be in the limo with Switch and Dylan. Okay, yeah, you right. never know. <laughs> Our favorite bartender from the Stabagalli down there. And um, Water Street, a new report, Megan Reagan. Let's give her a hand. Hey, Megan. She keeps, that, she keeps that place running. Okay. What, um, what's interesting is, I, lo- I don't know what that was. I love TV. Switch, you there? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Oh, it's that guy. Okay, we're good. Um, I love TV. I watch a lot of TV. I watch TV while I'm working, and then, you know, I watch it to fall asleep to work. So it's always on no matter what's happening, right? You're watching the MLB network or something? Yeah, during, yeah sometimes, yeah, during the summer, yeah. yeah. But I'm usually, like, watching movies or, you know, whatever, you know. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a distraction. Like you say, your daughter likes, right, when she's working. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like these days, it's like there's so much to pick from. I don't know what to pick from, you know. So Megan's kind of like our expert on what's new, what's hot, you know, on Netflix. So thanks for joining us again, Megan. You were in search of a show a couple of weeks ago. You were looking for a new show to watch, and you found one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called Catastrophic. Mm-hmm. I'm positive that's the name, but I could be wrong, and I could be saying the name wrong. That's but okay. it's like such an awesome show. That's okay. I haven't been able to stop watching what's it. What's it about? I mean, what's it about? <laughs> Okay, so there's this American man, single American man, and he travels to Britain to for business. And he ends up having a one-night stand and knocking up this English chick. So anyways, he flies back home, and then she ends up having to call him two months later saying, Hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> so he ends up all the way back to Britain to, you know, be responsible and take care of the situation. But then, like, you know, they end up, you know, they end up falling in love, having the baby. And obviously there's, like, you know, a lot of drama, you know, relationship issues and everything. Yes, yes. But it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's, it's, there's good sex scenes. You know, mm. it's, it's awesome. I love okay. it. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's all the yeah, marks. It's all the know, marks for us. Not my normal cup of tea. What? Okay, your normal cup of tea, you were going to say, right? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, no, it's not my normal cup of tea, okay. but... Whatever. It's entertaining. So good to be open. Have you? Um, yes, it is. Have you heard of a, a show called um, The Pinky Blinders? Oh, you know, I actually started that for two seasons mm-hmm. because I think the main character is so hot. Oh, okay, all right. But, for all you girls, <laughs> yes. But uh, it did not keep my interest. It, I didn't really. Is yeah. it? Is it about After like? After a while, I was like. It, about the thieves, like in London, at the turn of the century, that type of thing. Yes. Without, yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. It's like a whole family of thieves, yes. and you know they they kind of are very corrupt, and they yeah. run a lot of stuff. There's but no the government, thing. or not the government, but Constantly. I don't know how to explain it. But right. it wasn't really, you know. It's funny because like, I heard it's a great show. Right. Yeah. People have like recommended it. They said, "Oh, you like this," and I'm wondering, you know, what they're trying to say. You know, that I would like a movie, a show like this, because it's very graphic and dirty and grimy and so on. Oh yeah, right. definitely. I mean, it's pretty much something that I would actually like, but for some reason, it just did not keep my right. interest. I'm not sure why. 
you know, it's funny because the, the, the one show I can think of that, um, maybe we can switch this over to kind of paranormal, but the one series that really caught my attention, and I'm always kind of looking for it again, is like Game of Thrones. Even though I only made it five seasons, those five seasons, and I watched it. I watched it on binge watch, and it was just, there was just something about it that sucked you in, you know? But I can't find that magic anymore, you know? Or I, I keep looking, and I just can't find something that's going to hold my interest like that, even though you hear, you know, people recommend stuff to you, you know what I mean? You know, I completely understand. I'm always, you know, like, I'm always looking for a show where I can't stop watching it, and I have to watch it all day long, and I haven't come across a show like that right. yet, probably since maybe Stranger Things, the or Stranger then Things, right. there's a show called Dark that's awesome. It's a, it's, a, it's German, and mm-hmm. it's very good, and I highly recommend it. S- Stranger Things is, that's that's the one that, since then, I haven't been able to find kid, anything. That's the all. kids' show. Yep. Right. S- Stranger Things is, is an, an interesting concept, Switch. I know you love that 80s stuff, right? Sure. It, it's it, cute, it's, you know. Yeah, it's cute, and it's and there's like elements of ET in it and mm-hmm. stuff, and there's elements of a lot of different kind yeah. of movies, you know. And 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 it, but it gets your interest in what's her name? The mother is Winona Ryder. Oh, it is. She's great in it. Yeah, she just yeah. plays this. Yeah, mom, she's yeah. very good in it. Who's, who thinks she's? And going then crazy. that um, the sheriff. Like sheriff is, yeah. I don't know why, oh, but I yeah. just think he's so sexy. Really? Wow. Yeah. Isn't it weird? He's not like your conventional hot guy, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. he can get it. Okay. All right. He can wow. get it? Was I supposed to say that on air? Well, we'll see. Yeah. What? Yikes. Okay. All right. Um, let me ask you this in the few minutes we have left. Did you ever watch, and this is this something that I really, really liked and I missed. Did you ever watch the first season of um, True Detective with Woody Harrelson and... Um, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, it was okay. awesome. That to me was one. It was one awesome. That, the sec, yeah, it was very good. Second one was a complete flat tire, and everyone just thought it was terrible. Totally but, agree. Yeah, but the totally but, agree with you. True. Did you watch that switch? No, no, okay. I heard about. Did it. you watch it? a lot of good things? Nope. Now, you, now you got to remember <laughs> that I, I cannot stand. Just this is me. I could never stand Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey. I just thought that if there's two like Woody bubble brains ever, it's these guys. You know, Woody Harrelson has a restaurant in Los Angeles where you go in and you breathe air. You pay him to breathe oxygen. Okay, that's how <laughs> crunchy this guy is, right? And I just never liked. Well, that, that is pretty. But it's, that is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but but what I bet a he gets show. a lot of people in there. What a show! What? But yeah, I well, did like the show, and I really want um, to see the third season because yes. I heard the third season is awesome oh, again. Really? They, they trace this. It, it's basically just trying to solve one murder in the in the Southwest, okay? Mm-hmm. Woody and, and Matthew McConaughey. And they have a past together and they're both in love with one guy's wife and it's... Sounds like it's us. Cool. Oh yeah, I remember that scene. <laughs> wow. So, um, but 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 there was there were scenes in it. There were scenes in it where, like the their bikers and they raid this kind of ghettoish place for the drugs, and it goes on for an hour. This gun battle between the bikers and the and and you know the brothers, right? It's unbelievable. It is just so real yeah. and. And, you're like, and the name oh, of that is again? True Detective, um, season one, season oh, okay. one. And, and what's cool about it? There's a paranormal angle to it, okay? Which you know is good because we're a paranormal show. And then it ends like that. It's it's just very freaking cool, mm-hmm. you know. And you want that again, and then you know it doesn't happen. What, who was calling? Oh, us I know. One? The first season was such a disappointment. The second season second was one, such right. a disappointment compared to the first. Right. And why you don't go with the same two guys and just come up with another good story? You know, who knows? You know. I know. You know, why wouldn't you do that? You know, but one one is that a message for uh, for me? Okay, we're uh, very close to that. Okay. 
little showbiz talk there. Uh, so, Megan, okay, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us tonight, filling us in on you know what we, sh- we should look for and what we should watch, and um, hopefully, you know, we'll be down to uh, get some chocolate martinis soon. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. I will be here, and I am looking forward to seeing you. Thank you, Megan, for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Megan. Okay. Good job. Thanks a lot. And we will uh, we will talk to you soon. Okay. Megan Reagan, everybody. Cool. Megan Reagan. Why don't we take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrex Show. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous One One. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Style show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Why, what a show we have for you for tonight. Uh, but before we get back to it, let's introduce the members of our posse. Girls, get ready. If you're not already sitting down, now's the time. Get your Kleenex. The very famous one one is here. That's right. Get your Kleenex. You may be crying and may be laughing. Laughing and crying at the same time. That's why it's you need some be, uh, tissues. A good show. Uh, okay. Thank you. Happy one to one. be here, Mac. Happy to be anywhere. Um, also on the line with us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan. Switch. Oh, well, I stepped on my, my line. There. You're going to learn Great how to not here, to do gentlemen. that. Okay. All right. Switch is the man on the way up. We keep uh, reminding him of this. He's got a book contract. He's um, He's got his own uh, radio show now. He's got a touring schedule. He's going to be uh, tough to get. Well, here's the thing. You know, this is what really kills me, man. And he's going to forget all about uh, it. This is Dylan in the back of the limo. We keep saying That's right. It. A very prominent uh, host of a very prominent radio show got in touch with me. How you doing, Mac? How you doing? I, you know, yep. the whole thing. Can you give me Switch's contact? <laughs> right, Switchy. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This uh, is the beginning. The ultimate insult. It's like a star is born. Is that uh, uh, Sunset That's Boulevard? It. Right. That's right. I'm ready for my cameo. Anyway, yeah, but uh, there's always a tragedy at the end of those movies. Right? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. What That's are you so. trying to imply there, Switch? Well, I think we're trying to imply that I'm, I'm destined for tragedy. Oh, wow. A little paranoia coming in. That also goes uh, along no, with celebrity status. Also on the line with us. Uh, this is something we've been trying to get on the show for quite a while, and now we're finally glad that we were able to make it happen. Uh, Tony Price, who is a um, spokesman for the Gold Star Ride Foundation. Correcto. Tony. Uh, Correcto. Here, please. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Tony. And, and where are you calling from, please? Calling in from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow, mm, almost the middle of the country. Okay. The home of Prince. The home of Prince. Were you a big Prince fan? 
Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I was a big Prince fan, mm-hmm. but I was a Prince fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Really talented guy, man. He really screwed Very up. Very talented. You know yeah. the way that he went out. Excellent guitar player. Didn't play guitar enough, but man, when he played, hoofa, he was incredible. But anyway, that's another show. Uh, Tony, um, we know that you support Gold Star families. We should just tell people that um, Gold Star families are people who have had like an immediate family member you know, killed while during military service. Our you know, the That's name of our show is Macmillan Military X-Files. You know, we talk about paranormal and UFOs, and we goof around a lot. But there's one thing that we've always been very consistent on is that you have to support, you know, our veterans and the families who've made these sacrifices. You just can't forget what those people have done. Their because the is, government doesn't support they them. They don't. The Veterans you know, Administration is I'm terrible. I'm a veteran as well, Tony. And, and, and everyone on the show is a veteran except me. And, uh, but, yeah, but, what's um, up with I'm, that, man? Well, hey. well, I appreciate everybody's <laughs> service except I'm, yours. I'm from a, <laughs> you know, so the only way, uh, can I, please, can I respond, please? Okay. My father. <laughs> wow. The guest doing material, and we're only three minutes into the segment. And, and I'm not even going to blow up the segment by telling them, tell them Tony what I was doing in, okay, in, the, yeah, Navy, oh, we in, can the, get, in the Navy. When we get to minute oh, 32 shipping. of the second segment. Anyway, uh, no, my father was a World War II veteran. He okay. spent four uh-huh. years in the Pacific. He had a, sh- he had a ship sunk out from underneath him. Okay? Wow. I had an uncle in the Korean War. My older brother was in Vietnam. You know, I... I went to college. That's the only thing that saved my ass there, friends. You know, but to Esther Furman, huh, pal? Excuse me. No, no, no. In fact, the day that I signed up for college classes, and you know how you wait in these big long lines, I come home and the news is uh, the government's done away with all college deferments. I'm like, oh man, I did that for nothing. But I missed, I missed the uh, cutoff. And Tony, no I went in in 1968. 68 was a great time to be going into the military. Yeah. It's like. It's like it felt like apocalypse now all over again, but it turned out okay. Yeah, I don't think '68 was a great time to be doing much no. of anything. That's his. That's his. <laughs> I uh, know. Weak attempt at being sarcastic. Outside of Asbury, I, he went. I was living. I was living in the Cambridge Harvard Square area, yeah, Massachusetts. In the military, he what what he did, Tony, and uh, the regular listeners will know this already is. He guarded like the Navy's film supplies in Newport, Rhode Island. Is I did that, that for a while. Yes. Okay. The, all right. The, the movie, the movie library, I was maintaining. In Newport, waiting for my ship to come and back. And just a little thumbnail on Newport, Rhode Island. And, and, with, and in '68, there was how many titles? Seven. <laughs> this is around maybe uh, '71, '72 that I we should just was doing the movie thing. Explain to people that Newport, Rhode Island, uh, they don't even let one percenters in. You have to be a one percent of the one percent to even get in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you're there protecting their shores. I am. Thank you for your service. Today. Hey, but uh, all those dates in Gitmo, anti-submarine warfare. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you were telling us that you used to get, you asked for a purple hot because you tripped while you were wearing your flip-flops. No, so I didn't ask for a purple hot. All, right. <laughs> all right, we're getting a little off track. Oh, here. man. Wait a minute, please. anti-submarine warfare. I was on a sub. Oh, I know. there you go. See, no wonder you guys and, don't And I knew along. how to track you with my uh, uh, sonograms oh, and wow. headphone sounds and everything. Wow, uh, you never found us. I would have found you. I see some even bit- if you ran silent, I could find you. Wow, I see some bitterness. See there, fifty-one years ago, you put the headphones on, and they're still on. <laughs> it's right. In more ways exactly. than one, believe me. So, Tony, let's we get. I'm sorry, we got to you know, get serious here because what Tony does is a very serious thing, and I think, you know, once again, I, I think that our veterans, and I think the families of our veterans, especially. Uh, veterans who don't come back alive, mm-hmm. I think they're forgotten about. Frankly, I think they're forgotten about. And they're the people who we should remember more than, you know, politicians or actresses or celebrities or whatever. So, Tony, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been doing it for the Gold Star Ride Foundation for about three and a half years, and I've been doing it on a personal level for closer to nine. Really? Okay. And you're, uh, you're, uh, yeah. motorci- you're on a motorcycle? 
when I meet the families, I'm almost always on a motorcycle. I met a family, uh, a Gold Star mom, just a couple days ago that it was a very serendipitous meeting, so I didn't happen to have my motorcycle that day. Mm -hmm. um, wherever, you know, it was a 250-mile ride or drive to get there. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't know I was going to meet her when I got there, so she didn't know she was going to meet me either. Mm -hmm. it, it was a, um, a really wonderfully Fate. sad and, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, powerful yes. moment. Right. Um, so how do you find uh, the families to visit? Well, they find me. Oh, really? Okay. And that's that's why I'm so appreciative of being able to have an audience here today, mm -hmm. uh, so that people can that don't know that we exist can find out that we do exist. Okay. And uh, it, we respect the privacy way too much to yes. be knocking on doors, going, "Oh, hey, you had a funeral? You want us to stop by yes. with a hundred bikes?" <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Uh, wow. So, uh, and yeah. is it is it and um, you go and meet the families by yourself, or do you bring a whole gang of people with you? Well, the first few years that I did it, I was with a whole big gang of people. The, okay. the very first time I did it, I didn't know that's what we were doing. I thought it was just a casual Saturday motorcycle ride in a great big group. Okay. And there, there was about 125 bikes there. Oh, and really? That was the day that I, A, found out what the definition of a Gold Star family was, and B, found out how to support and honor them using a motorcycle. Right. And, and what is what did, what are their needs, you know, if you can put them into... Uh, thanks. Need number one, you already mentioned. They need to be told that we're aware. Mm -hmm. we, we need to remember them, and they need to know that we remember them. So right. that's need number one. That's that's way out in front. But then after that, it, it changes from family to family. There's families we set them up with college money because the dad died before you could make mm -hmm. sure that all the kids could go to college. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, that's that's we don't stop just with kids in that either. Um we, we've helped widows who were in their 30s go back to college. Hmm. Um, so, and just whatever they need. So this uh, is, I like to use, it's go ahead. Financial support as well? Yeah, there's a lot of financial support. Mm -hmm. We got a we got an email from somebody a couple of weeks ago and I spoke to her on the phone. Her dad was killed and she said she's tired of living in her car. Could Is oh, there see? anything we could do to Come help her on. get a see? pull behind trailer so she could live in that. I'm instead. sorry. Wow. I'm sorry, man. That's a disgrace. I, it is. Come on. It is a disgrace. And then I looked up her dad, and he spent 15 years in the Navy SEAL teams, and he won every award that we have to give, including the Navy Cross. The only thing he was missing was a Medal of Honor. Mm, wow. She's living in her car. Now, and what's, what's wrong with this picture? She's about 26 years old. You know, I'll tell you, screw these people in Washington, man. I'm so sick of this. You know, all mm. they do, they get on TV, and it's a blah, blah, blah about this and all this stuff that doesn't make any difference, and you have... The daughter of a hero like that living in her car. Come on. We're just better Is this than somebody this. that slipped through the yeah. so-called crack? Because uh, there seem to be a lot well, of cracks out there that slip through. Well, this is what happens when the government gets their fingers on it. Right. They have very, very strict rules. Yeah. Anybody over 18 is not even considered. Okay, so if your father was killed and you're 18 years old, you're it's, on your own. You're screwed. Man. What? That's it, terrible. It, it doesn't matter. That's a disgrace. Yeah, it, there, there are some other ones that slipped through the cracks. The 12-year-old that I mentioned earlier is one that slipped through the cracks. Uh, his father was on his way home from a tour in the Middle East, and he had already shipped all his stuff home. It, he, oh. His uh, footlocker's already gone home, mm. and he still had three days left, and they said, we need you to do one more mission with us. What? And he said, I already shipped all my stuff home. And they said, borrow some. We need you. And it ended up being his last mission, and... It ended up costing him his life. Well, he was on his way home. He was in a big hurry to get home because his wedding with 
that boy's mother mm-hmm. was coming up three weeks later. Wow. So wow. they never got the knot tied. So both the mom and the son were cut off with nothing. Right, right. So all of the paperwork has to be perfect for the government to, to do anything. And even mm-hmm. when they do do what they do, that's, there's a tongue twister that's yeah, yep, yep. You know, designed for radio, isn't it? Right. Um, uh, even when they, they, they come up short. They screw it up. They, yeah, they screw it they, up. They come up short. Yep. Uh, and by comparison, if you don't mind, let me interject this. By comparison, I'm going to read something to you that we keep in our brochure. Okay. This is what our enemies are doing. Yes, yes. Right? So, so we all know about stories of uh, hijacking airplanes and flying them into the World Trade Center. We all heard about stories of strapping explosives under your jacket yes. and getting on a city bus and all yes. that stuff. Right. According to DailyMail.com, the Palestinian Authority, which gets somewhere in the neighborhood of 110 million U.S. dollars of British aid a year, has authorized payments of almost 6.2 million dollars to the families of those martyrs. Wow. Okay. So, in other words, the terrorist families get taken care of better than our soldiers. Yeah, families. exactly. Is that what you're saying? Well, here, let's let's put it in a different perspective. Let's say you're 18 years old. And you're living in a house that has no electricity, no running water, no internet, no entertainment of any kind. You're just barely getting by. You're living on a dirt floor, and you got two little sisters, and you got a mom, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, how would you like these guys to be living in a palace? We'll give them running water. We'll give them a great house. Their the refrigerator is going to be full for the rest of their days. Uh, wow. Wouldn't you know? All you got to do is strap on this vest and go get on this city bus. You know." Um- mm. Uh, you know, I'm really bummed out. <laughs> We're having yeah. such a good time. What does that say about us? What does that say about our? It country? says that our priorities are all screwed up. Yeah, I, I in, mean, at the very least, that's what it is. It says that we still live in the greatest country on the planet. We still live mm-hmm. in the greatest country that humans no. have ever known throughout history. But we still have a lot of work to no. do. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to believe that, but I, I have to look at the class half-empty point of view. I think we were great, and we're not great anymore. It's as simple as that. And it's not just who's running things. It's how the world is going. But I do know when you started mentioning about, you know, how their enemies treat their, you know, combatants, in quotes, even the Russians, you know, even the Russians during the worst of the Cold War and stuff like that after World War II, if you had a service pin that you actually fought, yep. you know, and just about everyone did, okay, you got to the front of the line, you got to, you know, mm-hmm. you, 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 could, you had perks. Right. You know, not great things, but you got to the front of the line. And then Russia back in those days, getting to the front of the line was a perk, right? Yeah, sure. You lived a little bit better. It's because people respected you. They respected what you did. And now look at we have this going on. And I know personal, personally, I know people who, you know, are living right on the margin, Okay, right on the margin, trying to, you know, make their rent every week right. and stuff like that. And the veterans' benefits are cut, okay, cut from $34 a week to 30, a month to 32 They cut two bucks. Two bucks. Mm. I mean, why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just to, as you say, Tony, you know, you have to jump through so many hopes for the government to actually help you out. And when they do, they screw it up. My dealings with the Veterans Administration, I don't even want to start with them. Okay, they're <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah. So Tony, do you find do you find that a lot of these people are in need of financial help? Uh, no, not so much. As uh, I mean, they're not looking to me and saying we need some money. Can you give us some money? Uh-huh. Is we get a couple of those every once in a while. Somebody will say, "I could just use some money. Can you just send me some money?" Uh, but by and large, what they want is 
they're, they want it. They reach out to us and they say, you're driving a motorcycle around the country. Yeah. Come on by. Let me see your bike, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is. They, they just want to be recognized mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, people who went to a funeral so the rest of us could have freedom. Right. Right. And, and well, they're not looking for handouts. They're looking for respect. Generally speaking, no. They're, yeah. they're, we're talking about people who are, oh, I don't know, maybe proud is a good word to use. Mm-hmm. Or, or they're certainly um, um, quiet. They keep everything close to the vest. They, they're they not out bragging about what they have to deal with. There's a few exceptions to that. And I think we met a couple of families like that during the last presidential election, uh, which I personally thought was the most despicable use of Gold Star families ever to to prop up those families to say that you're the candidate that they want to that they want yeah. to win. We don't. I just thought that was right. just embarrassing. Well, we won't mention names. We never do politics on the show, but I know what you're talking about. But um, when you say that, you know, they just want to be recognized. Did they are they and remembered and remembered? Mm-hmm. Are, are they? Um, how should I put this? Are they? unpleasantly surprised that they're not recognized you know were they expecting at least a little bit of respect and just nothing comes their way well i don't find that they're angry i find that they're disappointed right disappointed and it's not it's not like you know they're not looking for a big fat paycheck they're not looking to be retired they're not looking for you know handouts they just want to be remembered and they just want you know what whatever they think is fair um we're talking to Tony Price of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, and what Tony and his uh, buddies do is, uh, well, they ride motorcycles, but they um, they visit and they comfort uh, Gold Star families, and these are people who have lost a family member uh, in military duty. You know, I mean, there's there's no greater sacrifice that you can make than to give your life so we can, you know, sit around and goof off and do stupid stuff like mm-hmm. this, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Wow, this is really, exactly. it's really, you know, I, I'm glad everyone, you know, I, for me it's an education, and, and I kind of knew stuff like this was going on, but boy, to hear about it is, it's just disappointing, you know. So um, how many how many people in your uh, in your gang there, Tony? Well, we've got a handful of volunteers, and we've got four board members that take care of things um, from a legal perspective, mm-hmm. and then they, they prop me up to be the guy on the microphone, and, and last summer they propped me up to be the guy on the motorcycle, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the short story there is on July 2nd at 7 a.m. last year, 2018, uh, I got on my motorcycle here in Minneapolis area and I headed east and I made a great big clockwise direction circle around the country on the east side of the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And then I crossed the river and I did it again on the west side of the Mississippi River. 58 days later, I had just under 18,000 miles logged. I visited more than 60 families around the country. And because there was so much stuff on fire out in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. we, we had to cut back on how many states we actually got to go visit. Uh, but we visited, I put my kickstand down in 44 states plus the District of Columbia. Wow. Oh, wow. How long did that take you? 58 days. Wow. Huh? I, av- I averaged 375 miles a day. Every day. Wow. And you met uh, seven days a week, seven days a week for 58 days. 60 families, did you say? More than 60 families. Wow. And, and is there, there less is, than 70, more than 60. Is there, um, is there a common thread? I can, I can, I can already answer my own question, but is there a common thread that they all share? I'm going to say dignity. I like that word. I like that word. Yeah. They, they have a, a, a quietness about them. Um, and then they're just really, really 
glad they're, they're, they're extremely grateful that mm-hmm. I showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so often I heard things like, well, the, my favorite one was the 12 year old. I let propped him up on the motorcycle and I took pictures of him and stuff like that. And he just like walked toward his mom when the visit was just about done. He was just like shaking his head and said, I can't believe that guy rode that motorcycle 2,500 miles to get here. Wow. That was like on day eight, I think. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, pretty early in the ride. Because I got comments like that from other people, too. They said, how far did you go? And I said, 11,500 miles to get here. Wow. Wow. So glad that you could do that. We're getting uh, emails from the audience. They, someone wants to know what kind of bike you ride. Do I have to say that out loud? Because they're not a sponsor. And well, listen, I'll answer the question with honesty, but okay. I get to also throw the caveat in there of, what, of some of the stuff that happened on the road. All right. I, I ride a 10 year old Harley Davidson ultra classic. Ooh, yes. And in the first 10 days of riding, you know, the first 12 days of riding, I spent six days broke down. Oh, <laughs> we might have to cut that Damn. out. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah, I spent uh, four days in Lockport, New York. That's kind of up toward you. Oh, yeah, considering where, yeah. Mm-hmm. considering where I am. Yep. So I spent four days there. I spent uh, a full day in Ironwood, Michigan. I broke down exactly 24 hours after I started. Wow, wow. And I spent a, spent a day in Ironwood, Michigan. But, the, you know, the, the good stuff that comes from being broke down is I had no idea what Lockport was, or okay. what it was for, what the history of the town was, what the people were like. I get to spend four days there. I got to know all kinds of stuff that's really sure. fascinating. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Hey, we're talking oh. to uh, Tony Price of the Gold Star Ride Foundation. Um, he is uh, head of a gang of people who, all volunteers who go and they comfort uh, Gold Star families and those of families who have lost a family member through uh, military service. And what we're going to do now is we're going to take a really quick break. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Stay with us. We'll be right back. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Money. 
Wow, what a show we have going for you tonight. It's not a typical show, but um, it's very interesting and educating and also a little deflating, to say the truth. But let me just uh, introduce members of the gang tonight. Uh, the very famous Juan Juan is here in the studio with us. Still here. It's enjoying the show. Okay. Navy, Great guest. Navy veteran of four years. That's You're, right. Six. Six. Okay. Uh, Switchblade Steve Ward is on with us from uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchy, how Great you doing? Great to be here in the virtual studio. And your um, veteran, Navy veteran, how many years? Uh, four years. Four years, okay. And you were, you were punching holes in the ocean, right? That's right. Okay, yep. all right. Fast attack. Uh, Cobra is on a special mission, but he was uh, both Coast Guard and Air Force, and now he's a military contractor doing stuff that... Secret missions. We're not supposed to talk about. If, if he told us, he'd have to kill us. Right. Right, and he would, too. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he's, he's a real straight out. He's a real Boy Scout, that guy. <laughs> anyway, so, um, uh, but on the phone with us is, uh, as I said before, someone we've been trying to get a hold of, uh, get on the, uh, get our schedules to connect for a long time. Glad he finally uh, was able to join us. Tony Price of the Gold Star Ride Foundation. And what Tony and his gang do is that they, Visit the families, uh, Gold Star families, and those are people who have lost uh, family members in military service. You know, and we we can say this until our is that defined as as an immediate family member? Is that what that is? To be a Gold That's Star. That's the way we define it. Okay. Um, we right. make exceptions once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We got some cool stories of some nephews that we went to visit in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, tell us um, you tell us about your problems with the motorcycle, but a lot of people want to know how can they donate to your cause. The easiest way to do it is go to goldstarride.org and click any almost anywhere, that, it, and then it'll take you to a page that'll ask you what you want to donate or what you want to return. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're really happy about talking about is that I came home after that long ride, and I spent the winter writing the book. Oh, cool. You got a book, so too. The, the book is out, and the oh, book boy. features 32 pictures of the road and all of, well, not all of, but a lot of the stories that I was uh, authorized to talk about and tell and, and mm. the motorcycle breakdowns and the extremes and mm-hmm. the difficulties and the families and mm-hmm. the people I just met on the street. A lot of really great people live in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny when you just meet people out of the blue. Just everyday folks yeah, they're just great. on the road. Yeah. They're great. You know, it's the politicians yeah. that screw things up for everybody. I mean, that's what it comes well, down to. The politicians want to put everybody in like a, a category in a bucket, you know, so that you yeah, can it's like vote for uh, me rag and on each other. Care, you, know? you know, I mean, vote for me and yeah. then you'll never hear from me again. But yeah, uh, I don't like that identity politics game either. Right. I, I think the media's got it all mixed, all wrong when they're talking about how our country is divided. Uh, when you get out there and put your finger on the pulse right. of things, uh, we're not divided. That's right. they, don't, they don't know what the country really is. Well, there's, there's more divisions than there used to be, but I agree that a lot of them are the creation of the media because that's what sells these mm-hmm. days. Conflict is what sells. You know, you don't want to, you know, even anytime they do like these good news stories, you know, there's always like, but however, you know, and, and they always give like the other side of the story. It's kind of like saying, well, you know, the Nazis, but they had great uniforms. You know, something very I, well I, I bet there were plenty of uh, liberals and conservatives in the group. And by the way, is the group all uh, veterans? Our group? Yes. yes. No. No. Okay. Anybody on two wheels or even three wheels can ride with us. Oh, three wheels. You accept no. those guys, those trike we, guys? Yeah, we put them, at the, okay. we put them in the back, in the back but we yeah. accept them. So you kind of look down on those trike guys, right? <laughs> Well, it's actually a safety feature, or yeah, okay. a safety factor, I should say. Okay, all right. Uh, so, so, you know, we, we ride staggered when we're going down the highway, so yes. you can't, it's a little bit different when you're when you're on a trike. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, two or three of your best stories, people you've once, you know, that you've met and, and you know, who really 
you know, won you over and, and made an impression on you. Let me kill two birds with one stone in response to that, because uh, just a moment ago we were talking about uh, immediate family members, and I said there's a couple that were nephews. Mm-hmm. So the story begins in Vietnam. The guy's fighting in Vietnam, and he's in a helicopter. There's three helicopters flying in formation over a rice field, and one of the helicopters is shot down. The other two land nearby, and one guy volunteers to go look for survivors in the helicopter that was shot down. Okay. He comes running back to the helicopter that he started at, and he said, there were no survivors. I'm going to go tell the guys in the other helicopter. And as he's running to the other helicopter, both of the heli- both of the healthy helicopters took off, and he was abandoned in the field, and he was never seen again. Oh, wow. man. Wow. Okay, this was in the 60s, so fast forward up to the mid-80s. His mother is an invalid, and the mother is talking to his sister from her spot on the bed. And she says to her daughter, she says, promise me that you'll never stop looking for your brother. And the daughter doesn't think a whole lot of it because, you know, her brother's still been missing or whatever. And she says, okay, mom, I promise I will never stop looking for my brother. And she walked out of the room and five minutes later, the mom passed away. So now she has a a promise to her dying mother that she has to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's just a regular person living in central Arkansas. I think she was like a Walmart greeter or something Mm -hmm. equally as low pay. And she saved up her money. And every two years after that, she went back to Vietnam looking for her brother. Wow. Wow. About eight months ago, nine months ago, I think. Well, it was before I got there. So I want to say like May of last year. It hasn't quite been a year. She actually passed away from brain cancer. Her sons are in their 30s. They're both college educated. One's an engineer and one's an architect or something like that. But they've taken up the reins that their mother started. Mm -hmm. And now they are going back to Vietnam every two years looking for their uncle. So these are people that I got to meet in, uh, on the second leg of the trip, which was in September, went back and got to meet these guys and hang out with them for a little bit. And another example of some incredibly wonderful human beings, uh, they keep their emotions close to the vest. They know that they've they've got something that they've got to do, and they're committed to doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they never knew their uncle, uh, but they're still they're still putting up the fight, and they're still going back, and they're still looking for him every two years. They go back there. I think that family has made something like uh, eighteen or twenty trips wow. back to Vietnam looking for their uncle. Wow. How did they go about looking? I mean, the Vietnamese people, from what I've read, have been very helpful in this regard. Is that what you find? Well, what I what I found in my searches is that some things can make headway with the Vietnamese government, and then our government cannot. Hmm. Big surprise. <laughs> how's how's okay. that for the yep. story? So, so our, our government screws up the negotiations or something? Is that what's going on? Our government's not very good at negotiating with yeah. other governments when right. we're not talking about, I mean, in, in all, for all intents and purposes, this isn't a political discussion. Sure. It's no, just it's a, where are the bones and can we have them back? Yeah, right. Back? Yes. Right. And, and because there's not a lot of room anymore for, um, politicians to win favor. Yep. What's in fact, the point? most poli- most politicians in the United States now go Vietnam. No, 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 no. We don't talk about that. Right. Um, Let's talk about how Richard Nixon resigned instead. If you want to talk history, let's talk about that. Let's okay. talk about how John Kennedy was assassinated. But no, 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 we can't talk about Vietnam anymore. 
Uh, and it's starting to be erased from the history books from the high school kids, too. Well, you know, that's how things go. You know, that's how history is made. You know, the people in power decide on what you read. I mean, that's how it ha has been. But but so what do they do when they go back? Where they go physically go back to that field and try to find if, if any of the locals know of a grave or something like that? Well, I'm not sure that they've actually found the field. Oh, wow. Actually, but they, they're working closely with another organization um, called Ride of the Brotherhood, I think. Okay. Which is a, it's a 501c3 thing that's headquartered in Louisiana. And I got to stop there on my ride, too. I spent about four hours on their little ranch where they will do anything for any veteran for any reason mm. without any paperwork. It yes, doesn't sir. matter what you're going through if you're a veteran and you've got an issue they've got a way for you to, to help you the ride of the brotherhood mm, wow. and um, uh, the ride of the brotherhood is has now gotten to the point where they're talking directly with the vietnamese government um, the vietnam government to make sure that if there's anybody left there they're going to find them and they're going to bring them back and they go to uh, vietnam also looking for all sorts of of anybody and they've had some success, and they now have far more success than our government has. Mm -hmm. So the family in Arkansas, I was actually put in contact with them uh, by the Ride of the Brotherhood out of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So that's how they were doing their thing. Right. And, you know, if they run out of money and they need to go to Vietnam, they can call us and, you know, we'll do everything we can to cut mm -hmm. them a check and make sure that they get their mission accomplished. We're talking to Tony Price of Gold Star Ride Foundation. Um, he is uh, part of a gang of people who visit Gold Star families. Uh, these are uh, families who have lost uh, a member of the military, um, killed in action or whatever. Uh, you can donate to his uh, organization, goldstarride.org. Is that right, Tony? That's right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Switch, I know you had a question. Yes. Uh, when... Uh when you're approaching people like this, obviously it's a very uh, sensitive issue where they've lost uh, loved ones. Do you guys have any training or, or talk about ways you uh, are going to approach people or do you just go with your gut? It's a little bit of both. Um, as a rule, I get to be the person who makes the first contact and I'm the first one that when when we arrive at somebody's front yard or meet them at a restaurant or whatever, I'm usually the first one. And I have had some training in that. But even with the training, it's still every person is different. Every situation is a little bit different. It requires a lot of just kind of feeling it out and seeing what they're after. Mm -hmm. And often they let us know ahead of time. Uh, we do ask them to fill out if they want us to come and visit. We do ask them to fill out a questionnaire that gives us a little bit of background, uh, how the person was lost, you know, which person in the family it was, um, how long ago it was. So we, we, we're not coming in completely blind sure uh but yeah so, but as, as soon as hello how are you i'm tony you know we kind of go from there and and we never really know how it's going to end until it's over mm -hmm. so you're you're prepared now do you uh ever go in solo or do you usually go with a group but you uh, approach them first often i go in solo mm -hmm. okay everybody on two or three wheels is invited to come along anytime anytime anywhere mm -hmm. uh and and i've got a story i'd like to end with with that with how, what happened in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Yes, please. Uh, um, but uh, this last ride, every, there were so many people that because of the breakdowns, the schedule got off by about four or five days, and there was all kinds of stuff like that happening. Uh, most of the time, I arrived by myself. Okay. When I saw the 12-year-old in eastern Pennsylvania, I was by myself. When I got to Jacksonville, Florida, I was by myself. 
when I got to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I was by myself. When I got to San Antonio, Texas, I was joined by three other bikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then if you'll allow this, when I pulled into Aberdeen, South Dakota, um, I pulled into a gas station about 20 miles outside of town. Aberdeen is not a very big town. I think it's about 15,000 people maybe uh, in north central South Dakota. Uh, and I pulled into this gas station. I pulled in there and there's like 30 bikes lined up there just sitting there. And I went inside to settle up with the gas and I asked the clerk how long they've been waiting. And they said, them guys have been waiting for you for two and a half hours. Wow. <laughs> so then all 30 of us, we, we had a little circle we, we just formed a circle so everybody could talk to everybody we talked for about five or ten minutes and i said all right who knows the way and that person led us right to the house and we went to visit a 92 year old woman she just turned 92 and she lost her oldest son in vietnam in 1967 wow and after the after all of it was all over and done she shared that in the 50 years since her son was killed Nobody had ever acknowledged her for that loss. But for me personally on that one, just to, to wrap it up here on that one, you know, we had all these bikers there and I had the GoPro cameras set up and we're all smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and doing stuff that bikers do when you get to the backyard. And uh, everybody started to leave. So I realized it was time for me to go too. And I stood up to leave and I felt somebody touching my hand mm. and I turned back to look and it was Viola, this 92-year-old woman sitting mm. in her walk. And she just looked up at me and mouthed the words, thank you, mm. wow. without wow. actually being audible. Uh, That's what it's all about. Mm. You know, I still get goosebumps when I tell that story. Yeah, really? And I probably told it a hundred times. But uh, it, it's at that moment when when she looked up at me and, you know, the days of riding in the heat and the rain and the breakdowns and, and the extreme amount of time that I was away from my wife, my family, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff just kind of came full circle and i said oh yeah this is why i do this you know uh, we got a few minutes left i just remember this i can equate this to a story it's going to sound crazy during world war ii you know the nazis took over greece and it was like a backwater kind of part of the war you know they did some really terrible things to the greeks and the british were you know just strung out there wasn't really much they could do so they dropped these two special agents they call them soe agents in there and they tried to you know get local people together and blow up bridges and yeah, they were saboteurs, you know, and they made it a little painful on the Germans, but they didn't really do much because they didn't get a lot of money and support and stuff. At the end of the, after the war was over, they had a um, a gathering of all the people in the villages that they, and the people just came up to them and they they looked on them as gods, and they said, "But we didn't do anything." And they said, "Well, you were here. Mm. That's all of me. Yeah. That, that's all you have to do. Sometimes you just right. got to be there, man. Just being there really is encouragement." Example. Wow. So, so uh, Tony, how long have you been doing this? I started, I think, eight and a half years ago with mm-hmm. that. You know, I thought I was just out riding with a bunch of guys. Right. And, and you know, I kind of mentioned that one a little bit. Right, right. And then uh, after doing that for three years, I realized that was, you know, that's a bona fide organization and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So I went to them and I said, the work that we're doing here is really great and really important. And I don't ever want you to stop. However, I think you need to go national. Because mm-hmm. this was just a group. They just rode around the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Right, right, sure. Uh, and they all burst into laughter, and they said, we all have full-time jobs. We can't – we're lucky we can do it two days out of the year. Right. And yeah. they said, well, you know, I'm a disabled vet and struggling to get a job, so I can go. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they just said, good luck. We appreciate what you're doing, but we're not going to be a part of it. And there you go. Wow. So we formed our board of directors, and off we went. Wow. 
Um, wow. Uh, my hat's off to you, man. Mm, I, definitely. I really, I'm just, yeah. you know. Very, very moving stories. Yeah, really, yeah. really. And you yeah. haven't even read the book yet. And, and, and uh, what's the no, name just, of the book? I'm reading the ex- excerpts of it. The, the book, um, well, when we visit the families, the one thing that we leave behind, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the emotional support and the, and the wonderful memories that, near as I can tell, nobody's ever going to forget. I know I'm not going to. But one thing that we leave behind is this engraved plaque that is engraved with a letter that Abraham Lincoln wrote, uh, coincidentally, to a uh, Gold Star mom in Massachusetts. Oh, wow, huh? Um, we take off, it's a three-paragraph letter, and but it's written like Abraham Lincoln would write. It's, yes. it's almost as uh, uh, well-written as the Gettysburg Address. Wow. Uh, so we take off the first paragraph because it specifically references uh, the woman there and her five sons that were lost in the Civil War. Okay. Uh, and then we, the rest is engraved in a plaque, and it's signed, Yours very sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So the name of the book was taken from that plaque. It's yours very sincerely and respectfully. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice title. Nice. And, and, and is, it, is it best to order from that website rather than trying to go to Amazon or something like that so you get the proceeds? It's, it's uh, you know, if you're buying it from the Gold Star Ride Foundation on Amazon, we're getting the proceeds anyway. Sure. Okay. So that's a good question. And here's some of the differences between the different ways that you can do it. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, today I was working for two hours right before we set up this interview. I'm working on the audio version. Oh, cool. So so yeah. that's probably two or three weeks into the future, and then we got some editing to do on that right. stuff. So well, maybe this, a month we'll have that one ready. So you're going to be voicing that? Book, yes. It's my voice on that, yeah. Mm, very good. good. Oh, that, that's good. You have a really uh, good voice. You have a really good radio voice. Has yeah. anyone told you that? Yeah. You have way better than we are there, Tony. Well, that, maybe that's why I was in radio for 30 years before oh, I started see, doing that. I, I know. Knew it. Wow, man. <laughs> He's a radio so, guy. So the I actually was a, in broadcasting for 22 years before I hung up my microphone, and I hung up my microphone, I want to say, in 2001. Wow, huh? So it's, it's been a while. Wow, how old are um, you? we got 30 seconds left. I'm, how old are you? A little bit older than dirt. Really? Uh, yeah. But wow, it's okay. okay. <laughs> I keep my dinosaur parked out back, and nobody knows that I have Dirt all over. Uh, okay, so real quick, the yes. hardcover version is only available at goldstarride.org. The okay. hardcover version has color pictures in it. Okay. Yeah. The cool. paperback version is available at Amazon and soon on our website, but not yet. The paperback version has black and white pictures in it. Oh, cool. And the Kindle edition is available on wherever Kindle nice. is. Hey, listen, Tony Price of— And 100% of all the money— goes to the foundation. But that's Excellent. the most important thing. Okay, yeah. that's what we want to hear, really. Uh, Tony yep, Price. I don't, I don't get paid for anything. Of the cult stuff. Wow, holy cow. You want to join a team? Want to join a radio show? Um, uh, not for free. <laughs> he, you got that experience <laughs> from being in radio all the time. And you're not for us. Uh, Tony I'll Price. I'll be glad to join your show, but Tony Price. you'll have to talk to my agent. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Tony Price of the Gold Star Ride Foundation. Okay, go to goldstarride.org. Uh, we can learn more about the group and how you can donate. And um, it's too bad that the segment is over because this has been really good. This is really different for us, Tony. And, you know, really, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. And thanks for, you know, doing what we, what we should all be doing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're really taking a lot of burden on yourself, you and your friends. If you can't you know? ride bikes, we can always be doing something else. Right, well, give them money. I, I mean, yeah. donate is what to do and buy the book. Um, Tony, I appreciate thanks. your kind words. It was, I was glad to be here. All right, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> please come on again real soon, okay? I'll yep. be happy to. All right, listen, we always salute Coco, okay? Yep. But let's salute let's him. Salute. I really mean it, okay? Call yeah. it off the one. Right. one. Then, hit. Okay.
we got to give him a round of applause too. Yeah. Thanks very much, gentlemen. Thank you, Tony Price of Gold Star Ride Foundation. Uh, go to goldstarride.org and you can um, find out how you can donate, how you can buy a copy of the book, and how you can get in on you know what, what these people are doing. Maybe even ride with these guys. There you go. We can we can buy motorcycles and go with them. Tony, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll have you again on. Uh, fuck you. Oh, Come on, Zach. <laughs> See, Tony digs it because he's been in radio. This what is your happens. problem? I don't know. This never happened. I know you said it to me, but I'm not going to take that personally. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Tony Price of the Gold Star Ride Foundation. Um, go to goldstarride.org and find out different ways that you can uh, contribute to this great cause. Buy a copy of the book. Put down some money because these people are doing what we should all be doing. Thank you, Tony, exactly. for joining us. And come back on uh, again real soon, okay? Been my pleasure, yep. Mac. I'm okay. looking forward to the next time. Thank you, Tom. Beautiful. Wow, right. that's the end of the show tonight, dear JJ. Well, time flew by. Yeah, I'll tell you, we're going to need a couple of Jack and Gingers to get over this. this I know is, it. You know, I mean, I'm glad we were educated, but boy, I hate to hear that. Tony got me thinking about what I can do. You know, right. I'm a veteran, but you know, I was lucky. Okay. Hey, oh yeah, you're lucky. You know. Stationed in Newport, Rhode Island, man. Hey, like well, being... I was in Gitmo during the submarine buildup. Give me a break. <laughs> You're watching you those. Know, I, like being stationed on the French Riviera. I spent all my time in Dallas, Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, uh, thank I you. was in Gitmo in the summertime, okay. watching right. subs, tracking them. And getting tanned, you told us on the last show. Getting tanned. Why don't we just wrap this up? Uh, thank you, Tony, for uh, joining us tonight. Thank you, Switch, for joining us. Coco is on a secret mission, couldn't call in. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you to Megan Reagan for uh, joining us in the 10 questions from one one. Until you uh, hear from us again, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>